Well, this afternoon, we are continuing a series we've been doing in the 2.30 service uh, for the past few weeks. Um, and the title of this, this series is Strong in Spirit. Strong in Spirit. And over the last few weeks, we've been looking at different aspects of strong in spirit, uh, being champions in the kingdom of God. My voice sounds very weird up here, so I don't know what you guys are doing up there, but my voice is sounding very weird down here. Does it sound okay to you? Okay, no, it doesn't sound quite right, so I don't know if you, if you guys need to come down and, and just, whilst I'm talking, get, get, get it sorted for me. Um, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at different aspects of being strong in spirit, because we want to be champions in the kingdom of God. Amen? Any champions in the house this afternoon? Okay, that's one person over there. Any champions in the house this afternoon? That's great. We want to be champions in the kingdom of God. And over the last few weeks, we've been looking at uh, different aspects of being strong in spirit. We started off by looking at the area of prayer, how we can be effective in the area of prayer and intercession, a very key aspect of strengthening ourselves in uh, the kingdom of God. And last week, um, uh, Jonathan was speaking about spiritual gifts, developing our spiritual toolkit, being sharp in the spirit, being able to uh, discern and to allow God's spirit to really uh, use us. And, and all these things that he has placed at our disposal become, to become effective in helping us in being strong. And this afternoon, we want to take that uh, journey a little bit further, and we're going to be looking at the whole area of Wisdom. The title for this week is Walking in God's Wisdom. Walking in God's Wisdom. And uh, to start us off this afternoon, I want to take a moment and uh, I've got a, a clip from YouTube where people have been asked the question, what is wisdom? What is wisdom? We had a go at it earlier and it was working, so I'm sure uh, the technical guys are ready for me. So if you can just play that clip right now. Thank you. Wisdom is something that you have you have experienced so difficulties and trials of life. I don't really know. Wisdom to me is when someone that's like older, that's like a godly character, gives you guidance. Well, for me, I would say that wisdom is knowing when you do or don't know enough and you need to seek help. Not always trying to think that you know everything. A little bit of what you know plus big judgment. I think wisdom is an inner sense of knowing and a, a right action, like a, just a, an understanding of, of uh, what's right. So the main way that 
I get insight into those things, so wisdom, prayer, and God's word, and community. So talking to friends, that's probably the three ways that I understand wisdom. Well, that's just a snapshot. We just went about data vox pop unprepared. So uh, these guys weren't prepared, as you could see there. They were doing all sorts of things, and somebody just came up to them and said, "What do you think is wisdom? What do you think is wisdom? What do you think is wisdom?" And you could see that you you had all kinds of different answers, you know, coming across people saying, well, I think wisdom is about knowing what's the right thing to do. Uh, somebody said, well, uh, wisdom is about having a bit of experience and learning from that experience. Uh, somebody else said, well, wisdom is when you talk to somebody who's older and maybe a godly character and that person, you know, gives you some insight of how to shape your life. And somebody said, I don't know. I don't know if you picked that up in the clip. And... Um, for us, I guess the question is, what is wisdom? What is wisdom? But we want to qualify that this afternoon by starting off our journey talking about the definition of wisdom as it's probably defined out there. So what does the word wisdom mean? Well, the dictionary definition of wisdom is the ability to discern or judge what is true, right, or lasting. That's what the dictionary definition will say. The ability to uh, discern or to judge what is true or right or lasting. The interesting thing is that the English word wisdom is actually derived from uh, an Anglo-Saxon word which means to see to see. And that's why sometimes when maybe somebody explains something to you and, you know, you grab a perspective and understanding of what you, what that person is saying to you, your response might be, ah, I see. In other words, there is something that has happened in terms of your capacity to know about this thing. But the truth is, wisdom doesn't necessarily mean intelligence. And remember, we're just talking simply about wisdom. It doesn't necessarily mean intelligence because uh, there are some very intelligent people in the world who do some very unwise things. And there are so, some people whom you might not describe as the most intelligent people who are able to be wise in how they do things and how they handle their affairs. And so we want to take this a little step further, because if we're just uh, having a, a, a perspective of what wisdom is, then we're falling short of what God expects us as His children to demonstrate in our lives when it comes about how we ought to order our lives. Remember, we're talking about being strong in spirit, something that is going to help me, that's going to help you get the best out of your life in terms of what God wants for you. And so I want us to then step forward now into what is godly wisdom. What is godly wisdom? Charles Stanley says this, Guessing will get you nowhere in life. Guessing will get you nowhere in life. Because sometimes what can happen to us is that we kind of try to 
figure it out. You know, let it all kind of come together in some way. And in one aspect, that's a very dangerous place to be in. Because what we are doing is that we are trying to allow our lives to be shaped by our own capacity, our own ability, our own wisdom, so to speak. You see, there is a difference between earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. And that's the first place I want us to start a journey in Scripture this afternoon. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to James chapter 3. James chapter 3, and I'm reading from verse 14. James chapter 3 from verse 40. Okay, I'll pick it up from verse 13. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above. But it is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. We see here that the Scriptures presents wisdom as having two roots. You can have worldly wisdom or you can have godly wisdom. And the Scripture makes it very clear that there is a wisdom that is not born of God. There is a wisdom that does not have its foundation, its place, its position in God. And I want us to really reflect this afternoon and ask ourselves the question, in my life, what am I shaping the wisdom that I apply in my life? What am I shaping it on? Am I shaping it on God's truth or am I shaping it on something else? Am I shaping it on God's truth or am I shaping it on something else? You see, there is so much you will find out there that uh, speaks about wisdom. So much that you'll find out there, just as in the clip. Uh, people have probably come to a position based on maybe their experience, based on maybe their knowledge, based on maybe their perspective of what wisdom is. And maybe today you are thinking to yourself, well, you know what? I've learned how to apply myself in certain ways, in certain situations, how to deal with certain circumstances, and so on and so forth. And therefore, I will consider myself to be somebody that walks in wisdom. But the question I want to pose to you this afternoon, are you walking in wisdom or are you walking in godly wisdom? Because when we come to this text, it is very clear, it says here that there is fruit that comes from walking in wisdom. 
The fruit will either be fruit that shows that you are walking in worldly wisdom, or the fruit will be that which shows that you are walking in godly wisdom. And the passage of Scripture we read from James chapter 3 highlights several things. It says, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above. Now, straight away, we have a problem. Because the Bible says that the heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can discern it? Your heart, my heart, has the capacity to be desperately wicked and deceitful. And the moment you and I think otherwise, the moment we are starting to become foolish. The moment that you think that you don't have the capacity to be deceived, as Colin was saying this morning, and I really encourage you to you know, get hold of the 11 o'clock service this morning. If you were not here in the 11 a.m. service, our senior minister Colin preached a powerful message about how we need to walk free from the entrapment of sin. And he said this morning that the moment you say that, oh, I am not deceived, the likely it is that you are already being deceived. The moment you say, oh, no, 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 that's not me, the likelihood that you are the person in question. It says, if you have self-seeking in your heart. You know, I was reading this passage in preparation for this message. I got so convicted because I thought to myself, you know what? Every single one of us, without exception, we are selfish in nature. Every single one of us. You might think, well, you know, I'm a generous kind of person. I'm the kind of person who is giving. I'm the kind of person who will put themselves out. But in truth, in your heart resides this capacity of being selfish. And maybe you might be in a position right now where you are, you know, experiencing, I don't know, some kind of sense of, you know, God working in your heart in such a big way that you think, well, you know what, I don't really feel that. I don't, I don't understand. You're talking foreign language to me, Dudley. Selfishness? Nah, that's not me. It's not, it's not in my heart. You know, I, I'm a godly person by nature. The Bible says, and very strong words here, it says this wisdom is earthly, it is sensual, and it's demonic. It is earthly, it is sensual, and it's demonic. What? Bitter envy, self-seeking in the hearts, envy, confusion, every evil thing? Yes, that is the wisdom that is earthly, the wisdom that is earthly. And so we need to ensure that in our lives, we are making those spot checks to see whether what is coming forth is a wisdom that has its basis in the Word of God or wisdom that isn't. Because here it goes on to say, but the wisdom that comes from above is first pure. Pure. Now, the word pure there has a link with holiness. And holiness is when you and I are in a place where there is nothing that is a barrier between 
are stepping into the presence of the Most High God. When Isaiah had his vision and he got this revelation of, of the mighty God, the first thing that he became aware of was his sin. You see, the problem with us is that we, we can become so familiar with what's around us that we uh, 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 kind of, I guess the best way to put this is that we kind of become too familiar with God. It's like God is our best body. God is, you know, as Colin was saying this morning, we put God in our own box. We, we, we want God to serve the purposes of our lives as opposed to serving His purpose that He has called us for. Pure. That means that it's not, nothing that is separating me from His presence. I want to dwell on this for a moment because... I said, as I was preparing this, one of the things that really came to me quite strongly is that the limitations that a lot of us find in our lives, and I know without question, if I was to ask, well, how many of you want to be strong in spirit? Everyone go, yes, I want to be strong in spirit. I want to be strong in spirit. I want to go for it. And, you know, that's, that's, that's the desire that God has placed within you to have. And it's a good godly desire. That's your desire. But you see, what can happen oftentimes is that there's things that come into our lives that break down this purity, this holiness platform. And we have a difficulty to cross that bridge between us and God. And so we struggle to get into the Word of God. We struggle to get into the place of prayer. We struggle to, to, to engage in, in, in fellowship. We struggle with all of these things. Why? Because there's a purity issue that is going on. We're struggling because there's a barrier. There's a barrier. You know, uh, someone came to me a few, few days ago and to, to pray for them. And, and I was praying with this person. I said to them, I said, I really discern that there's a barrier in your life. And there's stuff going on. So this person began to share about some of the things that are going on. And I said to them, I said, how do you feel? And the person said, well, I feel like I can't come into God's presence. I can't come into God's presence. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, what does it mean to fear God? The Bible is not speaking about being terrified of Him having a dread, having a, a kind of, ooh, no, the fear of the Lord, ooh. No, that's not what the Bible is talking about. The Bible is speaking there about recognizing God's holiness. Recognizing that God is holy, and He's not going to bring His standard down to our level. So what do we have to do? We have to rise up to His standard. But we can look at that and straight away, and I can picture this right now in the spirit realm. I can see the antennas going up in people's hearts and people's minds right here in this service this afternoon, thinking, well, whoa, Dudley, God, holiness. And you're talking about me bridging that? Well, he's God. Of course he's going to be holy. I'm not going to get to that place. See, your holiness in God is not determined by you. There is no way you can make yourself holy. 
I'll say that again. There is no way you can make yourself holy. Your holiness is 100% wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. You put yourself in him, you step into his holiness because of what he has accomplished on the cross of Calvary. His holiness becomes that which makes you qualified to enter into God's presence. That's why the writer to the Hebrews says, Seeing we have a great high priest who has gone up into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. He's a great high priest. He has gone before us, prepared the way. And the bridge between you and me getting to God is Jesus Christ. So our purity really comes down to this, that we do not allow ourselves to stay where we are when we make mistakes. Because you will make mistakes in your life. There will be stuff that will go wrong. Now, we're not saying that's okay or that's great, that's good. But by the same token, don't stay there. Don't allow yourself to stay in that place because the beginning of wisdom in your life is acknowledging that God is holy. I need to recognize His holiness, which means that I need to take the steps that are necessary to put myself back in fellowship, allow Jesus Christ's blood, which still speaks better things, the Scripture says, than the blood of bulls and goats. Jesus Christ, one and for all, settled the debt of sin. Once and for all, he settled the debt of sin. And so what do we do? We make that transition. We put ourselves back in right relationship with Jesus Christ. The wisdom that comes from above is first pure. Pure. That means I'm in right relationship. There is something of holiness that is being worked in my life, which means that I'm in right relationship with Jesus Christ. And for some people here this afternoon, you need to get back on track. You need to get back on track in your relationship with God. Colin quoted Eldin Corsi, the former senior minister of this church. Um, he was the minister before Win Lewis, so that's uh, a couple of generations ago. And um, he quoted Eldin Corsi this morning. Uh, something that he said when Colin was, I guess, a congregation member here in the church uh, a long time ago. And um, he said, Eldin Corsi said this. The word of God will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the word of God. The word of God will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the word of God. And for many of us, that really has to be the starting point. We, we have to make that bridge back. If we're going to walk in wisdom, in God's wisdom, we need to repair the bridge, whatever has been broken, whether it's a, a, a little bit of, 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 of the bridge that's been broken, whether it's you know, a huge part of the bridge that's been broken, we need to repair it properly so that there is an undiluted flow of God's grace into our lives. Because when that wisdom that flows from heaven comes, the Bible says it's pure, then it is peaceable. It is gentle. It is willing to yield. Underline that in your Bibles. The wisdom that comes from above is willing 
to yield. It is willing to yield. Now, what am I yielding to? I am yielding to God's viewpoint. I am yielding to God's truth. I'm yielding to God's word. I'm yielding to what God says is the right way to go. Willing to yield. Not to anything, but to God's viewpoint concerning your life, concerning my life. There's a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul addressing the Corinthian church on this subject of wisdom. Because there was a little bit of a, uh, an issue with the Jews and the Greeks, um, you know, trying to kind of have one up on each other. And Paul is addressing this here, and he picks it up in verse 18 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and he says this, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to those who believe. Jews demand miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. And so this fear of the Lord, which becomes the beginning of wisdom, this journey to walking in godly wisdom really starts by connecting with what Jesus Christ has accomplished on the cross of Calvary. And the greatest thing that Jesus, I personally believe, accomplished on the cross of Calvary, much more than giving you your heavenly ticket, which is absolutely fantastic, is that all of a sudden, you have access to God. You have access to God. I'll say that again. You have access to God. You have access to God. Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, gave you access to God. In other words, there is nothing, nothing that can stop you from walking in God's wisdom because you have access to God directly. When we were born again, the Bible says we were born of the Spirit. Something happened that now connects you with God. You are able to hear his voice. You are able to perceive that he is working. You are able to connect with him. And that's simply because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. And that begins your journey, your path to wisdom. For every single one of us, it comes with connecting with Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus died on the cross and paid that price, settled that debt, essentially, he handed to us the capacity to walk in godly wisdom. The capacity to walk in godly wisdom. But if wisdom has something to do with knowledge, because wisdom, as we said in the, in the definition earlier, wisdom is about applying knowledge. And so if we extrapolate that into godly wisdom, 
godly wisdom will be about applying godly knowledge. Yes? If wisdom is applying knowledge, then godly wisdom is applying godly knowledge. And in order for me to get godly knowledge, I need to get into His Word. There is no way I'm going to get the capacity of knowing God without searching the Scripture. Without searching the Scripture. James 1.5 says, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously without reproach, and it will be given to him. You see, the Word of God is available to every single one of us. And over this season, we've been emphasizing right across the board the need to maintain not just a, a regular devotional lifestyle of praying regularly. Bruce has been talking about praying in tongues at least 15 minutes a day, but getting into the Word of God. The prayer diary that we've given out in this season, we're encouraging you to get into a place of daily reading the Word of God, getting into the habit of feeding your spirit with the Word of God. Now, that seems very simplistic. That seems very basic. Because if you're going to walk in wisdom, you need to have the Word of God in you. The psalmist says in Psalm 119, this is such an amazing verse of Scripture, on wisdom. It says, how can a young man keep his way pure? Now, I know that that's a challenge for young men, keeping your way pure. I know it's a challenge for young women, but I can only speak as a man. How can a young man keep his way pure? The psalmist says in Psalm 119, it says, by taking heed according to your word. And so, the purity that you're seeking in your life, the, the holiness that you're seeking in your life, it doesn't come externally by gritting your teeth and, you know, I don't know, as we might say, just being hardcore about it. But it comes by allowing God's Word to really take its root in your heart. The psalmist goes on to say in that same uh, uh, psalm, Psalm 119, that your word becomes a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. A lamp to my feet and a lamp, lamp to my path. Which means that everything that I'm doing in my life, both the personal perspective and the general perspective, all of that is being shaped by your word. It's being shaped by your word. It's being shaped by the truth of Scripture. You know, there is so much that is out there. You know, so much that is out there. You know, I was reading um, a quote, which is quite a, a, a popular quote, I, I noticed, that is out there about wisdom. And the quote says this, Knowledge comes from learning, wisdom comes from living. Knowledge comes from learning, Wisdom comes from living. And on the face of it, it seems, yeah, I suppose, knowledge comes from learning. Wisdom comes from living. But that quote really has its roots in the New Age. 
It is a quote that is attributed to a well-known New Age proponent. and It's one of the quotes that's out there. Well, you gain wisdom from just living life. Basically, that's what he's saying. If you live life and you know, you've, you've learned about stuff, then hey, you're going to be able to make the wise decision about stuff. No, 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 no. The wise decisions that you as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus Christ, needs to be making are decisions that are made based on the truth of scriptures. Because otherwise, you'll be making judgment call on the basis of what the world says. If it feels good, do it. Because sometimes that which feels right is not necessarily right. And dare I say that that which feels right for one person is not necessarily right for you. And that's why we need to be careful that we don't sell people this kind of formulaic approach to dealing with issues and situations in their lives. Yes, there's the bread, of butter, the bread and butter of, I need to pray, I need to give God's word. But in how I apply myself, don't take somebody's wineskin of how God dealt with them in a situation and make it your wineskin. Wisdom is allowing God to work out your situation according to his will and according to his purpose. Now, obviously, we can learn, we can, can understand just as we look at the scriptures and we see principles there. Yes, we can learn, but don't allow yourself to get into a place where, well, wisdom is that that person had a situation with regards to finance. And what did they do? You know, they were led to go and start a business and God blessed that business and it prospered. And therefore, that's the solution. So, hey, I'm having some problem with finance. I'm going to start a business because that's what happened to that person. Now, that's not working in godly wisdom. And oftentimes, and I probably am sticking my neck out on the purpose by saying this, oftentimes, the breaks come right at the start of that step that you're about to take. Because God says in his word that he will not allow us to be tempted more than we are able to bear. That's what God says in his word. This is not my words, this is scripture. And so oftentimes, something is about to start and the Holy Spirit comes and he steps on the brakes of our lives. But you know what? We just kick his foot off the brake and we just keep going. And then when we hit the wall and we hit the crisis and we hit the situation and then we kind of cry out, Lord, why have you abandoned me? God says, what are you talking about? I was there. I pressed the brakes right at the start. But you ignored it. You went full steam ahead. Why? Because maybe there's something in your heart, in your spirit that says, well, that's how this person did it. That's how that person did it. I'm not even going to ask the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in this situation? What do you want to do in this circumstance? How can I bind wisdom about my neck? And so to finish up, and I see time's gone. And so to finish up, I'm going to very quickly just run through six things that will help us to walk in godly wisdom. I've already been talking about these things, but I'm just going to highlight them very quickly. The first is you need to seek Him. Remember we talked about knowledge of God? You need to seek Him. Ask. If you need wisdom, ask. Ask, knock, seek. That's what the Scripture says. And so we need to seek God. We need to take time to seek His presence. And, and let it not just be simply because we want an answer to the problem. 
do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Because oftentimes what can happen is that, you know, oh God, I'm in a situation now and I need your help. But God is saying, no, get there on a regular basis. Get my presence around you. Get in my word. Get in fellowship. Get yourself in, in a place where I'm constantly around you. And when it comes to the place of making decisions, it is going to be part and parcel of how your life will be outworked anyway. So seek him. Second thing is meditate on God's word. Meditate on the truth of God's word. I can't describe how valuable that is. I was listening to a, 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 a quote from a well-known counselor quite recently, and he said this about counseling or the situations that we face in counseling. And because of my role here, oftentimes having to deal with counseling situations and a lot of others on the pastoral team as well. And this counselor said this, which I thought was a very wise statement. And he said this. He said the church would have very little cases of counseling if people simply read their Bible and obeyed it. Now that seems too simplistic, but that is true. If you and I really got to the place where we were meditating on God's word, binding it about our neck, allowing it to take roots in our hearts, then the limitations of us being dragged into the wrong things will be there because the word of God will be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And then the third thing is this, and very important, remember Wisdom is about willingness to yield. And so the third thing is about obeying the principles of Scripture. Obeying the principles of Scripture. I'm going to say something that will shock and surprise some of you here this afternoon. And this is, this is now a genuine nugget of wisdom. Yeah? Three words. God knows best. God knows best. God knows best. There's a reason why he's almighty. There's a reason why he's alpha and omega. There's a reason why he's the creator of the universe. There's a reason why he can, he can, he can measure the heavens with the span of his hands. There's a reason why he holds all the waters of the world in the hole of his hands. He's a big God. He's a mighty God. He's an all-knowing God, all-powerful God. He knows best. And so if he puts principles in his word concerning how you and I ought to order our lives, it's because he knows best. That's the best way to make life work. He knows best. Obey the principles of scripture. Number four, observe the faithfulness of God. God is not a debtor of any man. He is faithful. And sometimes we may not understand his faithfulness. But God has never failed to keep a single promise that he has made. The Bible is full of testimonies that celebrate his goodness and love. Number five, heed godly counsel. Heed godly counsel. There are times when you need to go and sit down with somebody and say, can you counsel me? Give me some wise guidelines based on the truth of Scripture, somebody who is mature, somebody who is able to sharpen you and help you. Heed godly 
counsel. And lastly, associate with wise people. Associate with wise people. I guess for all of the six, I'll say that's the easiest because in essence, in principle, all of us should be wise people because all of us, when we put faith in Christ Jesus, have the capacity to be just that. And so God's desire for you, God's desire for me, is that we allow ourselves to come into a place where our lives are shaped by Him every step of the way. And I know that there are people here who have been asking questions about, well, Lord, what would you have me do? Sense in my spirit that there's somebody here this afternoon and you're about to change jobs. You've been praying about it for a while. And the Lord has already spoken to you. But there's a fear element that is coming. I believe God is saying to you, it's time to step out. Somebody else here discern in my spirit that you've been spending some time waiting regarding a prophetic word that you received about 10 years ago in this house. God gave you a prophetic word 10 years ago and it's like you've been kind of, you know, smalling over it, smalling over it and recently it's kind of come to the fore. And the Lord has been speaking to you that it's time to step out into that prophetic word that you received. God is saying, step out in faith. Sense in my spirit that there's somebody in this place and you struggle with tithing. And it's, I mean, it's a real struggle. I'm not just talking that you just bypass it. You struggle, you agonize over the fact that you are not tithing something you've struggled with for a while. And God has been speaking to you about it. And, and you know that he's been speaking to you about it and he's been saying to you, trust me, put your trust in me. And you're looking at the figures and say, God, it doesn't add up. The moment I give 10%, I can't even pay my rent. God is saying to you, trust me, something that you've been mulling over, it's really been eating you up. I'm not talking about, you know, somebody here and you're kind of like, oh yes, maybe I need to tithe. I know. The person here, you know, God has been speaking to you specifically about this area. Respond, heed his word, and allow him to really show himself as the faithful God that he is in your life because you're about to step into a new place in your work and relationship with him. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. Let's just ask God right now as we finish off Stars came to been talking about walking in godly wisdom. It's about being strong in spirit so that you know we don't become a, a punch bag for the enemy. That we can really stand our ground and really take territories for God. Amen. And so ask him right now. Say, Lord, give me wisdom. Ask him. Say, oh, Lord, give me pray. Pray. Come on, pray. Pray. Pray in this place. Ask him. Say, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. 
Help me to step into the place that you desire me to step into, the place where I'm making the right choices based on your purposes and plans for my life, that I'm not allowing myself to be sidetracked by my own selfishness or by any worldly wisdom that will seek to influence or affect me. Ask him that, Lord, that your word will be central to every step that I take, that I will continue to seek you in my life. Make your word central. Obey the principles of Scripture. Allow myself to bind them about my neck in every way and that you will bring about your purposes for my life. Lord, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice this afternoon that, Lord, you'll take us to new levels in our walk and relationship with you as we walk in godly wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.